Welcome to episode 57 of How About Them Huskies. I'm Connor, and as always, I'm joined by Matt and Andrew, but the guy below me, that's not someone that's usually on this podcast. That's a national champion, Ryan Boatwright. Ryan, how you doing today? Good, man. I'm good. How y'all doing? We're good. We're happy hey. you're here. Obviously, it's a Friday night, so you probably have other things to do. You mentioned you're hopping on Call of Duty after this, but we appreciate the time. It really means a lot. But we're just really doing this to catch up with former Huskies. We've done a couple in the past, none as far back as you. Don't want to make you feel old there, but no, you're the furthest yeah. back, furthest back we've done. But yeah, really, just see what you're up to, kind of just just chat. As I mentioned it before, just we're not we're not. It's not too nothing too stressful, pretty laid back. But I think I can just really kick us off. Where are you right now? Like, where is Ryan Boatwright in his basketball career and his life? Where Where are you, Ryan Boatwright? Uh, I live in uh, Phoenix now. Um, got a house in Phoenix, and then I still got my house in uh, Chicago where my family is, so I'm back and forth. But I'm in Phoenix right now. I'm actually um, going to Greece tomorrow. I just signed to go to Greece, so I'm going to play Greece for, to the end of the season. So I guess we caught you at a good time the day before you go. So how is it over overseas? I know you've been over there quite a while now. Is it How different is it than playing in the States? Is there Do you like it better over there, or how's that? Nah extremely different um I mean you know you got to count your blessings you know you uh, I, I'm blessed um to to be able to play basketball for a living um, um so you know I, I'm, I'm I'm happy about that um but it's not it's not like playing at home though it's nothing like mm-hmm. playing at home you're away from your family for 10 months out of the year come home for about eight weeks and they want you to come right back so uh that's probably hardest part about playing overseas is just being away from everybody for so long and missing so much. Um, the game is totally different. It's played different, different rules. It's just adjusting. It's just an adjustment. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. So it's cool. You know, I, I can't complain. I, I can't complain. It's yeah. cool. Yeah. And, you know, being overseas past few years, you know, obviously time differences, it gets kind of hard to keep up with what's going on here. Have you been keeping up with uh, UConn basketball over the past five years-ish? Uh, yeah, I keep up with UConn. That's about the only thing I keep up with overseas mm-hmm. with the time difference and everything. Um, I'm in contact with the, the coaching staff and um, stuff like that. So um, I keep up with, with the guys. I keep up with the program. I mean, you know, I bleed blue, so yeah, that had never changed. Yeah, and you obviously you never got to play under Danny Hurley, but did you ever have any conversations with him, or have you, you know, seen him be able yeah. to go in action? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I haven't been to a game, um, of course, because huh. I'm never, I'm never. But um, I got a chance to meet Danny uh, a few years back, like right before his first season. Um, met at Coach Cal's uh, alumni game that he used to have up in Mohegan. Um, and then I went up there, I think two or three summers ago, I want to say I went up to UConn for the first time since I graduated, went up there, spent a few days. So I got the, got a chance to conversate with him and, um, you know, go out to eat and stuff like that. And I got to raid the cage, you know, took all the gear that I want out of there. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. But now Danny's a great coach, man. I would have loved to be able to play for him. Um, he's a, He's a player's coach for sure, and you you could tell that his players love him and, and, and run through a wall for him. So, and the, the assistant coach is great too. The coaches right. staff, amazing coaches staff. Kamani is, you know, one of the one of the best coaches and coolest guys that I've ever met. So, 
It's all love with the econ. Definitely. So I want to talk a little bit. Obviously, we just talked about the current Huskies, the state of the program. I want to talk about you guys. You obviously, you and all your teammates won that 2013-14 national championship. I had to double check my calendar. That's been 10 years. Does it feel like 10 years already has passed? I mean, it's kind of crazy thinking about it. Nah, it don't. It when you when you say it, it don't feel like it's been 10 years, but it's been 10 years, man. You know, time is flying. Uh and we, I guess they say when you're having fun, time flies. So you know, I'm, I'm still playing basketball. I'm still healthy. So time is flying. Man. Speaking of that 2014 national championship team, if you could add one person that put on a Husky jersey, just one person to that team, who would it be? Uh, man, that's it's too tough of a question, man. It's too many. It's too many UConn greats. It's too many people that uh, that I admired playing growing up, watching UConn basketball. Um, but like I said, obviously, you know, off the top, it's going to be the, the Hall of Famers, the greats, the Ray Allens, the Rip Hamiltons, the, you know, the Kimball Walkers. Um, but like I said, I, I watching Marcus Williams growing up, uh, A.J. Price, Jerome Dyson. Yeah, A.J. Price is a good one. Yeah, all of those guys you know, that came before me. So um, I can't answer just one person. But Yeah, I get that. It's a tough question. But that yeah. that 2014 team truly was something special. You know, you can't deny it. That was a great run. How was that uh, experience? You know, just being a part of it, everything surrounding it. How how was that for you? Uh, I mean, you don't really realize what's going on until it's over, like because you just in the you in the heat of it, you in the heat of the moment, um, and you trying to accomplish something that's that's extremely hard to accomplish. But just looking back at it, man, it's just like. Words can't really describe how it felt. It was just like, it was crazy, man. Cause you, you know, it was, it's something that it's a little different now um, with kids going to like overseas out of high school or playing OTE and stuff like that. But when I was growing up, like college ball was a huge deal. Like that was, that was the thing to do. And uh, winning a national championship was, was, was like a dream. So um, getting a chance to do that, man, it was just like an out-of-body experience for real, man. It was – words can't really describe it, bro. Definitely. Well, obviously, you <laughs> won the title under head coach Kevin Ali. He is not the one – or maybe he was certainly part of the process. Obviously, you committed under Jim Calhoun. He – you only had one year, if I'm not mistaken, with Calhoun as your head coach. I mean, was there any thought after he – I guess technically retired. He coached D three after that, but was there any thought that you would maybe want to transfer? I know, obviously, ten years ago compared to now, I guess twelve years ago, whenever that was, the transfer portal was a lot different. I'm honestly not even sure how it worked back then. But obviously, I know you had the city year if you did. But was there even any thought? I mean, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. Nah, it was no thought for me. Uh, I'm a loyal guy. I was raised on loyalty and principles and stuff like that. So I was never. Um, I never even thought about transferring. Um, I, I did think about going pro uh, every year. Uh, I wanted to go pro. Um, something just always ended up missing me to come back to school every single summer. And uh, man, you kind of just like a it's a great place to play ball, man. You know what I mean? Like if you if you if you going to college to get a great play basketball, you come to the place to be for sure. 
And I don't want to, I, I just have a question, you know, obviously we mentioned the coaching change. I don't want to talk about any taboo or anything. What was that like though? You know, obviously Jim Calhoun, Kevin Ali, two very different coaches. How, how would you explain that sort of transition? Uh, they're not really that different. Uh, you know, Kale learned everything uh, about coaching from Coach Calhoun. Yeah. Uh, Kale was the first, the head associate, the first coach, the first assistant under Coach Calhoun. Um, Kale, I, I, I talked to Kale a lot um, during my recruitment, um, him and Coach LaFleur. Uh, so it wasn't that big of a difference. Um, and it wasn't a, a hard transition for me because um, Kale was the guards coach. So I dealt with Kale, you know, most of the time during my freshman year. Whenever Coach Calhoun would get on me, like he would get on everybody, I would, it was Kale the one that was pulling me to the side and, you know, giving me that advice and telling me how to handle and get through uh, <laughs> Coach Calhoun's tough, yeah. tough coaching. It was hard. And then me and Kale played the same position. So um, it was really for me to be able to learn from somebody that played my position at the highest level where I was trying to get to. For sure. Speaking of uh, recruiting now, I've met Coach Calhoun, but he didn't recruit me to play basketball. Um, how? What did he do differently than all of your the other coaches that reached out to you? So how did you end up at UConn? Uh, I mean, I always wanted to go to UConn. Like I said, watched UConn growing up a lot. They was always on TV because they were always good. Um, one of the main things that I always noticed about UConn, the two things was their style of play. Um, they played fast. Coach Cajon played fast. And he liked to um, get up and down. And he always played two guards at the same time. So that was big for me because I never – I was a big recruit coming in and I never intended on going to a school where I was going to have to sit. So um, knowing that he always played two guards um, at the same time, it just gave me more possibility as long as I did what I had to do and worked hard when I got there to get on the floor early. Um, and that's what happened. You know, I had the opportunity to get out there. It was just me and Shabazz. Um, well, Shabazz was the only guard in front of me at the time. Kimba had left. I knew everybody knew Kimba was leaving. You know, before that season, we knew he was leaving. Um, and that was really the main thing. And I got a chance to take my visit and actually meet Coach Calhoun and um, get to grow a relationship with him that whole year. Um, it was just a, a, a no-brainer. Yeah. yeah I'm a, sorry, Andrew. I just wanted to jump in really quick because you hear a lot of stories, um, especially, you know, at Kentucky, Coach Cal, Coach K. You know, when these guys are recruiting you, they're – like the nicest guys on the planet, you know, they come to your house and everything and they eat dinner with you. And then the second you get into practice, it's an entirely different person. How was that sort of the experience with coach Calhoun? No, nah, nah, not really. I mean, he was nice. Of course. Like he don't have no reason to be mean to you. Um, first meeting him, you know what I'm saying? But you could just feel the, uh, the realness, um, coming from him. Um, in any conversation that you were having with him, the, the genuineness and the realness that came from Coach Calhoun. Uh, and that's what I was looking for. You know, I wasn't looking for nobody that's going to be, you know, a yes man or, you know, being too nice because everybody knows. Like I said, I hear the whole story just like y'all, you know what I mean? So um, nobody, nobody wanted that. I wasn't looking for that. I wanted somebody that was going to be real 
and uh, straightforward and upfront with me. And that's what Coach Calhoun was. That's who he is. That two guard play that you talked about, they still do that to this day. I mean, I got to believe that guys like you, Kemba Shabazz, were the reason why we've gotten so many good guards since you guys play. I mean, we've had so many. We've had good guards on every single team. And I think that that you, Shabazz, and uh, Kemba are definitely some of the reasons on why, because they saw guards succeed here. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you, um, with you with that 100% for sure. Um, but also, it's just the way the game is played nowadays. Um, the game is played with small ball. The game is played with uh, with two guards that, that dominate the floor. You need two good guards, if not three on the floor, to win at a high level um, in today's game. Me, Kemba, and, and Shabazz, I think, within the last 10 to 15 years, are definitely uh, the anchor to get good cars back at Utah, for sure. So I want to know, this is something I think of all the time. I'm going to give a personal example. It's not as personal as you, obviously. But this past year's UConn team, I knew when they're up by 35 against Gonzaga in the Elite Eight, they're not losing another game. I don't care who they put in front of us in the Final Four National Championship. I didn't. I knew at that point they're winning it all. When did you know that point? It could have been when you're dribbling it out up by six against Kentucky. It could have been earlier in the tournament. It could have been before the tournament. When did you, like, 100% know there's no one beating us? There's no way. <laughs> I mean, like I said, I got a little different experience than a, than a normal fan because I, I I was in it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I, I played ball on the national championship, but I knew it probably going after the second game in the conference tournament. Um, I knew that we could go all the way. I, I didn't know we was going to win for sure because you, you have to be good, but you do need a little luck on your side in this tournament because of angle elimination. Um, but I knew um, – from the conference tournament that we had a very, very good chance at at some championship. We just had all the pieces. You know, we uh, Adama was just a, a force to be reckoned with down low. Jordan was, you know, a great shooter and a great player at that. And then we had a lot of good pieces. Joey, um, I can't even say his name, but um, Joey the shooter. Uh, Newton that's there now was a great floor general. Um, they just had all the pieces, man. And I just, I just knew, I felt, I felt in my heart that they, they could win. And then once they start blowing everybody out, it was like, it's so. I won a lot of money off them last year too. <laughs> not, <laughs> not the only one. <laughs> I <Yeah>. did too. <laughs> Good. I think we're almost done here. Maybe a couple more. Either you guys got anything else before we yeah, kind of wrap up? Yeah, got one more. So Go I know you it. said you haven't seen us before. But in all five guests that we've had on here, I always ask the one question, who is the funniest teammate you've ever played for? And we've gotten so many different answers. So who would it be for you, Bo, if you could pick one or two? Two. I'll give you two, man, because I got two two different errors because people transfer. Yeah. And so Alex Oriaki or Terrence Samuel, hands down. Aaron Samuel. Aaron Samuel. Spent <laughs> more time with Terrence because he was on the team longer. Alex transferred after my freshman year, but that's still one of my friends to this day. We talk all the time. But Alex was hilarious, and Terrence was just like a clown, man. Like <laughs> Terrence, Terrence was hilarious, bro. Like <laughs> straight comedy, bro. <laughs> Perfect.
And uh, you... I guess I can I can I can wrap I can wrap wrap it up with this. Uh, if nobody else has any other questions, uh, what does the future look like for Ryan Boatwright? Um, any future plans? Still playing basketball? What What's your next move? Yeah, I'm on the downside of my career for sure. Um, just turned 31 uh, last month. Uh, probably got about five, maybe six more years to play. If God willing, stay healthy. Um, but I, other than that, um, I'll probably try to transition into coaching. Um, and then I got like some other like business adventures that I got going on. Um, that I'm trying to start also, but just in, in like a stable career, I'll probably go into coaching for sure. You definitely seem like a guy that would be a good coach. Yeah. And I know that was the perfect question to wrap up on that Matt just asked, <laughs> but I thought of one when you mentioned the guys, <laughs> your funniest teammates that transferred. What's your opinion on the whole transfer portal nowadays and NIL? They're, they're kind of similar. They're not really the exact same thing, but what's your thoughts? Do you wish, obviously you probably do wish you had NIL back when you played, but like what's your overall thoughts on all that? Definitely wish I had NIL, that's for sure. Uh, uh, would have changed a lot of things in my career if I had NIL money coming out of school. Um, but uh, um, I mean, the transfer reporter, I think is, I think is, it's, it's a gift and a curse. I think. Uh, I think that uh, it's good for. I think I always felt it was unfair that players had to sit out an entire year, um, just for transferring for whatever reason it was. Um, but I also think that it was hurting the game also because it's, 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 it's enabling kids to not get their way right away and being able to just leave and go to another school and it might not be that situation either. You know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. um, I think you had, when you went to a school and you had to wait and earn your playing time and get better as a basketball player before you hit that floor, I think it helped the game in general versus just being able to transfer because you didn't get your way and you play right away, but you never really developed. So I think it's a gift and a curse at the same time. Yeah, I could definitely see that. You look at UConn last year with the transfer portal. They brought in four guys that all were in the rotation for the national championship. So it really – you got to pick out the right guys, and obviously Hurley did. And obviously, you had you in your era. There were transfers. You mentioned Terrence Samuel. He transferred out, I guess. But every oh, there's two yeah. transfers for a long time. It's just really popping up now. I, I appreciate that insight. It makes sense. But I think it. They got nothing else. I think that I'll do it here. I know you got some obligations after this Call of Duty, but so we'll let you go. But it was yeah. certainly an honor for you to hop on tonight. I know we've been trying to get you for a little while now, but finally happy to get it done. I know we had a different plan in mind with another one of your championship teammates. We're not going to spoil who just in case we do that later down the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think we will at some point. Look, look out for that episode. I don't know when it'll be, but I'm sure. Yeah, I'll certainly to, try. I'll try to make that happen for y'all. Yeah, yeah well, well, we'll certainly work on it. But for today, I mean, this was, this was awesome. I mean, we haven't had a guest in a while. It's been almost a year because we've just been focused on other stuff. So we're hoping to try to make it a regular thing. Maybe, obviously, you can come back with that teammate. Maybe make it a regular thing. Who knows? But this was this was awesome. I'm sure the fans will appreciate it. And if you guys, the fans watching this, appreciate it, let us know. Like the video. Share it. Show us. You want to see more guests? We'll get more guests. And so, yeah, I'll just about do it. Boat, thanks for joining us. And stay tuned for the next episode. No problem, man. Y'all boys take care, man. You too.